we were contacted, they have an 18 and a 19 year old miniature greyhound. Wow. <laughs> so we were probably 18 or 19 year old anything. Yes, I know. It, that, that, that's something. But they're in a rural shelter and they had a budget cut and they said, we were told either we get rid of these dogs or we put them down. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, we welcome back Russell Clothier from Shep's Place Senior Dog Sanctuary in Independence, Missouri, for an update on their residence and how the facility is coping with COVID-19. In each episode of Dog Words, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love this podcast. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Thank you to everyone who has been using their favorite podcast service to subscribe, rate, and share Dog Words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. If this is your first visit to Dog Words, please check out archived episodes at rosiefund.org and on many of the podcast services. Please follow Rosie Fund on Facebook and Instagram, and please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. We need subscribers. You'll have access to all of our videos, including some exclusive content. More subscribers means more exposure for the shelter dogs we feature. Just search for Rosie Fund on YouTube or use the link at rosiefund.org. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Before we visit with Russell Clothier, I'd like to remind you about KC Serves. This is an opportunity for you to help the hardworking members of Kansas City's service industry who have been impacted by the steps taken to stop the spread of COVID-19 by ordering a really cool t-shirt. A few weeks ago on Dog Words, our guest, Barkay co-founder Leib Dodel, told us about this fundraiser for service industry workers. All money raised from the sales of this one-of-a-kind t-shirt goes into an emergency fund for KC service industry employees in need of a helping hand. To order your t-shirt featuring the logos of 20 iconic local bars and restaurants, go to barkaydogbar.com slash kcserves, or use the link in this episode's description. Today we welcome back Russell Clothier from Shep's Place Senior Dog Sanctuary. Welcome back, Russell. Hello. We have seen a lot of changes in the world since we last spoke. Isn't that the truth? The uh, interview we did with you at Shep's Place was well-received, got lots of downloads, and I hope that generated a lot of traffic on uh, people following your Mm -hmm. social media. And then this thing called COVID-19 <laughs> came into our, our lexicon and seems like we can talk of little else. Mm-hmm. What was the immediate effect of that on Shep's place? Well, I think like a lot of places, it took us a while to, to process that and what we should do and, you know, a lot of discussion at first. And uh, uh, when they first went to, very first went to the lockdown, in independence, same time as everyone else, we were like, "Are we an essential business? Do we stay? Yeah. <laughs> can we stay open?" And then yeah, and the, saw, the oh, definition we, that was a little vague at yes. first. Yes, yeah, and they said yes, and you know, animal health care places can mm-hmm. stay open. We're like, oh, "Okay, so we'll stay open." What we did at first was to cut down 
to one person per shift. We tried to shift out all of the dogs that we could to fosters to cut down the number of dogs in the house. But we didn't want to send them all out because a couple of them, well, one had dementia and she was used to the house and Mm -hmm. it was confusing to give her a new place. And then the other one was blind and was also used to the house. And it's hard. So we thought, well, these dogs would be a hardship case if we move them out. So we'll just keep those two. And at first we kept our normal shift set up where it was every two hours someone would come in. But we cut it down to one person per shift, thinking that would be not very much overlap and all of that. And you have fewer dogs. And we, and so with, it's more and that, manageable. That's part of why, yes. We yeah, got down to two dogs. One. one person could handle two dogs. And that was, yeah, the reasoning behind that. And then uh, we found out that one of our volunteers came down with the symptoms of COVID-19. And, you know, he had just been there a couple of days previous to that. And we, so we all kind of freaked out a little bit and said, oh, we really need to cut this down so that there's never multiple people in the house mm-hmm. at the same time. Fortunately, he did not have it once he was tested. It came back negative. But for about, and that was right at the start where it was hard to get tests. And yes. So for about five days, you know, I had these volunteers like, well, I was there that day. Am I going to? And then it all turned out, you know, that turned out okay. But we eventually cut down to where we only have three shifts a day right now. And we're still in this sort of schedule. And because I'm a teacher and I don't have to go to school, (laughs) I take the morning shift every day since I live next door. So no one else has to run in. So Mm -hmm. I'm seven to nine every morning. And then we have another person come in at 12 to 2, and then another person come in at 5 to 7. And on each of those shifts, we only have like two or three people that cover all of them. So we have at maximum in, in a week, there's only six different people there, and they're never there at the same time. And so we thought that, you know, that was what we eventually came to to, to deal with it. In our last interview, you talked about the uh, routine or schedule for when a volunteer comes in, how... Mm-hmm. They clean up the place and sort of prepare it for their shift, and then they have the rest of the shift to do whatever they want with the dog. It might be that that dog's feeding time falls within that and Mm -hmm. take care of that. So your volunteers were already used to that being part of the protocol. How did that expand with COVID-19 measures? Well, in a way, by by cutting down to so few dogs, there wasn't as much cleaning to do. And since there were fewer people, there just wasn't so much cleaning Mm -hmm. to do. So uh, when I do the morning shift, well, first of all, I'm not very good at cleaning anyway. That's never (laughs) been my strong point. But, you know, the dogs have been there by themselves overnight. And so I would spend most of my two-hour shift giving them attention Mm because they've been, you know, we're starved for attention overnight. And you take them out and let them do their business and feed them and take them on a walk. Because the dogs we have right now both like to take walks. And then just hang out a little bit. We actually... Well, we had two dogs, and one of them passed away, and we went down to one. A couple weeks, we only had one dog. And just uh, this last weekend, we went and picked up another one uh, in, uh, oh, where was that? Harrisonville. Because they were basically shutting down their shelter. (laughs) We went there. That was the last dog in their shelter. It was a senior dog. They hadn't been able to. The last flight out. Yes. (laughs) The helicopter was leaving the roof with Sissy the dog. And so we now are back to two. Um, dogs in the house yeah tell me a little bit about sissy it's interesting 
We have two dogs. One of them is blind and the other one is deaf right now. So one can't can't hear the other one coming and the other one can't see the other one coming. But they're both really friendly dogs, so it's gotten along really well. Uh, Sissy is a, a black lab. They, they guess 10 years old. She's the deaf one. And we're just getting to know her. She's only been here a couple days. But she she moves pretty slowly, but she really likes to go on walks. And she's she's still adjusting to the, the place. You can tell she's still a little changes of location stress the dogs out. It takes them a while to get familiar with the house and decompress. So she still kind of wanders a little bit, but she's getting more comfortable with it every day. Do you know if the deafness is due to her age or if she's always been deaf? I don't know that. It was a stray. I'm assuming most of the time it's an age-related mm-hmm. thing. The other dog we have who is blind definitely used to be able to see. Both of his eyes have some age-related issue mm-hmm. with them. And he also took a while to learn his way around because they have to just kind of get a mental map by feel of the house and the play yard. But he's pretty good now. He knows his way out the door to where he goes potty. And, you know, he's figured out how to use the sidewalk when we go on walks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he, he's he's adjusted pretty well. That's Gotti. He's a pit bull. Yeah, Sissy and Gotti. Sissy and Gotti, yes. And we still have some dogs in, um, in the Foster, Deuce, and Scooby, uh, and Opie are out at Foster places. And uh, we've had three more get adopted in the last... Since, since this COVID thing all started. So, so anyone anyone's interested in one of those foster dogs can just go to your website and get more information? That's right. Or to Pet Finder. Uh, we're also located there. But I have a, on the website, there's a sheet called Our Dogs, and it tells about all of the dogs, and you can contact us. And there's an adoption form there on the website. We've talked before, not just in your interview, but with uh, other guests that we've had about senior dogs or mm-hmm. dogs that have health issues often get overlooked, but they can sometimes be a better fit in some oh, yeah. households than a puppy. Yeah. I mean, Gotti, God bless him. I mean, you know, people sometimes have this image of pit bulls from what they've seen in the media that they're really scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, and of course there have been ones poorly raised who uh, can be dangerous, but Gotti is just the total sweetheart. I mean, he loves people he lived with a homeless person in their car with two other dogs. So he is used to being right on top of a human mm-hmm. and other dogs. Doesn't and, need his space. Uh, he No, he wants to be right where you're at at all times. I come in in the morning and he just goes crazy and jumps all over you and licks you and things. And so uh, he would be a fantastic uh, companion for someone because he's a very loving, friendly dog. Yes, please do not dismiss uh, dogs due to their breeds. Certainly some breeds have particular characteristics like mm-hmm. Rottweilers like to lean because that's bred into the breed mm-hmm. um, because that's the way they would herd cattle. But uh, we're doing this interview at our home studio, maintaining social distance. But when mm-hmm. Russell arrived, he was greeted by our pit bull, Peaches. <laughs> Did you feel very threatened? No, Peaches <laughs> is a wonderful dog. So yes, it's sweet Peaches. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she has every right to be grumpy because she's recuperating from ACL surgery and has been all cooped up like the rest of us, but she doesn't understand why. She doesn't understand <laughs> ACL surgery, doesn't understand COVID-19, why uh-huh. can't I go on my my long walks? But she's a good-natured girl, and 
a lot of these older dogs are, that they've kind of figured out the world in a way that a puppy hasn't and mm-hmm. are very adaptable. Yes. So that that's Gotti. Anything else you can tell us about Gotti other than he's an affable pit? He's an affable pit. Now, he also, he like I said, he likes to go on his walks. He, uh, he likes to play with, he has a little toy snake that he plays with, a little bites on, and, you know, you can't, like with a sighted dog, you can't just like throw it and have him go catch it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit of adjustment to to you know you have to bring it to him, and he says, "Oh, I got thanks, I got the toy." So, yeah. The interaction there has to be that connection, not just uh-huh. throwing things. And uh, an investment you might need to make if you adopt Gotti is a replacement snake. <laughs> we would give you the snake. He so wants and needs his own snake toy. included. That's right. Okay, so there there's Gotti. With Sissy, is mm-hmm. adoption a possibility for her? I would think so, yeah. I mean, we're getting to know her still, but she's very friendly and affable. They believe that she was a farm dog. We got her, like I said, in Harrisonville. And you can tell that she likes being outdoors a mm-hmm. lot. And when I take her on walks, you can tell she's used to going wherever she wanted to go. Used <laughs> to know, having Yeah, you know, there's spaces. a squirrel over there. I mm-hmm. want to go over and do that. So, I mean, she's adjusting fine to the leash, but uh, it is also a little of an um, adjustment dealing with a deaf dog because you can't call them, you know. I'm used mm-hmm. and and you I talk to my dogs all the time, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. talking to, to, to Sissy and you're like, I know you can't hear me, but <laughs> I have to talk to you. You're such a good girl. Come yeah. on, Sissy. And yeah. So she's probably not clear on what instructions you might be conveying, but even not hearing you, mm-hmm. she picks up on that energy. Oh, yeah. That would not yeah, be there if you were just ignoring body language. She can't hear me, so I'm just going to ignore her. She still wants that attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Sissy is is available and it it might be a while before she's ready to uh, make that transition from having gone to whatever life she had yeah. before to being in a shelter to now being in they, this wonderful dog sanctuary mm-hmm. which can still be her forever home it can be yeah and, we're we're in no rush they don't ever have to leave so yeah matter of fact feel- we are well our sort of our intake has really been cut down by the fact that mm-hmm. we're lightly staffed you know there's we didn't want to get a whole house full of dogs when there's only mm-hmm. one person there and besides when you bring in new dogs you need to integrate them with the old dogs and that really is a two-person mm-hmm. job but sissy needed a place to go and you know we said all along to our volunteers you know we're not going to bring in any more dogs unless they're sort of a dire situation where if we don't then you know something bad could happen we were contacted. They have an 18 and a 19 year old miniature greyhound. Wow! <laughs> so we were probably 18 or 19 year old anything. Yes, I know it, that, that that's something. But they're in a rural shelter, and they had a budget cut, and they said we were told either we get rid of these dogs or we put them down. And so even though we're not really in the bring in new dog mode, you know they seem like very sweet dogs, mm-hmm. and we will adjust, you know, maybe we'll start slowly um, bringing some more staff in. I know it's been hard. You know, we have, I mentioned last time, a, a boatload of volunteers who love to come in and see the old dogs. And it's just for safety reasons. We've only had six different people 
And I know a lot of them are kind of, you know, are looking forward to the day when they can come back and, and meet Sissy. None of them have ever met Sissy and start filling in some more shifts and meeting more dogs. And so we hope that day isn't too far off. We can kind of start ramping back up to normal operations. Do you anticipate a new normal? How might your operations change <laughs> at this unknown date well, when yeah. things return to normal? Because I mean, that I, date's going to come. It's going to come. But even then, I mean, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but uh, it sounds like even when it comes, it's not like the coronavirus is gone entirely. It's not like it's going to be eradicated unless they come up with a vaccine. So that's going to be in the back of people's minds from now on until... Uh, they do find a cure for it. Cleanliness, uh, making sure that everything is disinfected, um, the, the door handles and the countertops and mm-hmm. all that. You know, thank goodness dogs themselves can't transmit it and they don't get it and have symptoms from it. So we don't need to worry about the dogs. It's just the other people in the house, yes. right? So like everyone else, I'm sure we will do more of keeping our social distancing uh, while we are caring for the dogs. We're going to probably start back with just one person to shift, but at some point it's going to have to go to two. And um, I think, but everyone wants some assurance that that's going to be a safe thing to do. We're trying to keep an eye on, on what the government is are saying, what the doctors are saying. And because we have a lot of older volunteers who might be mm-hmm. susceptible to that. And we don't want to put anyone in, in a position where they feel unsafe. So we'll probably take some some volunteers at first if you feel comfortable coming in. And and you'll learn as you go that, oh, hey, there's a different way to handle shift change. Right. Or, you know, yes, what doors we exactly. use. And, and you figure that out and you adapt as you go. We could. Yeah, we, that, that's a good point. We could have these two in the kitchen and these two in the living room mm-hmm. talking across the, the door in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't worked out all of that. Um, it's still kind of up in limbo. It's it's uh, you know as we go along, we're figuring it out. It's it's a it's a big adjustment for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a moment ago, when we were talking about the shelter that needs to move these dogs or put them down, mm-hmm. nice thing about KC Pet Project being a no kill shelter, yes. and how they have so many. Basically, the majority of all their animals are in foster, so it's going to change. Mm-hmm how they function, that there might be more of a foster component and maybe certain kinds of dogs that they keep in the shelter. But even though KC Pet Project has this wonderful facility and it's a no-kill shelter, it's still not the ideal environment for a dog. They they get stressed out over it. It's meant to be temporary. Yeah, That's the great thing about Mm -hmm. Shep's Place is it's a senior dog sanctuary. So there's no pressure... To get Sissy out of there. Exactly. She, she's not under stress. Right. She's going to have her best life, you whether bet. she finds like, her forever family elsewhere or if you're mm-hmm. her forever family. Like those 18 and 19-year-old mini greyhounds that I was talking about, I don't see them being strong adoption candidates because of their age, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We still want them to live and have a nice life. And so if they stay there forever and nobody gets them, that's what we're mm-hmm. there for. So, yeah, don't feel pressured that, oh, you've got to rescue Sissy. Sissy's doing okay. Sissy is going to be fine. There's never going to be anything bad. We will only put her in a better situation mm-hmm. than what she's in now. Those mm-hmm. were the dots I was trying to connect. If you think you offer a better situation for Sissy or eventually these Greyhounds or Gotti, mm-hmm. Shep's Place is 
glad to help those dogs move to that forever Absolutely. home. But don't think you're helping them by getting them out of Shep's place so that there's room for other dogs. Right. They don't need to be rescued from us, but, yes. we, you know, just as last week, we had two dogs that we brought in almost a year ago, Deuce and Lily, and they were farm dogs and they weren't used to being around lots of other dogs and other people. And they were never very comfortable in the house because there was too much commotion. There were too many other dogs. They just didn't integrate well. And just this last week, we finally found a home for Lily, and she lives out in the country with one uh, older lady, and she's the only pet, so there's no... Yeah, she's back to, like, where she feels comfortable Mm -hmm. again. And so it took took us a year, but, oh, my goodness, we were so happy that Lily found her place. So now we're looking for Deuce, who is her brother. He's currently in foster, but we're looking for a sort of quiet rural place without... A lot of children without other pets because that makes them anxious. <laughs> if, if anyone out there knows that situation, you may not be in this situation, but mm-hmm. you may know someone who and he's could a, offer that. And he's a good dog. You know, he's a very good dog. He'll be very loyal to the person that's his person. He's, he's a little bit, you know, skittish about everybody else. <laughs> but That's why we want yeah. people to share this podcast mm-hmm. and not only follow... Rosie Fund and Dog Words, but follow Shep's place. You may not be the home for one of these dogs, but you may know. You may be mm-hmm. the connector. You may know who is looking for a dog that wants to live on an acreage or yes. a farm and be the only pet, get all the love and relax, and is not expected to be a working dog. Nope. And can mm-hmm. enjoy their senior years exactly. as we all look forward to doing. Yes. Have you had a much interaction or comparing notes with other animal care facilities, whether it's someplace like Casey Pet Project or the shelter in Harrisonville or dog parks or vet clinics to kind of compare notes on how you're handling responding to COVID-19? Oh, really only secondhand or from them. But uh, I think everyone's in a sort of similar situation. It's hard to keep it staffed. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... Since people are stuck at home, there's actually been sort of an uptick in people wanting to foster a dog and adopt a dog because they're stuck at home and they're bored. And wouldn't it be great if we got a dog right now? So, And the reason a lot of people who want to foster can't foster is because of their out-of-the-house commitments. Right. And they're at home Mm -hmm. suddenly for – so it's it's Mm -hmm. worked out really well for us. I'm sure it's, you know, for a lot of other groups too. We don't use a lot of fosters, but we do use a few. And so if you're, you know, in the – Kansas City, or over towards the independent side, (laughs) Uh, and you want to do that, we do occasionally have use for those, so you could let us know, too. And what are the requirements that someone must meet in order to be a foster? What paperwork, any background check, what is involved with that? We do just a a quick background check on pretty much anyone who wants to be a volunteer or a foster, just to make sure that there's not some criminal thing we're responsible for the dogs. We only want to put them someplace where they're going to be safe and happy. Uh, we do a home visit to anyone who wants to be a foster just to make sure, you know, see if you if you put on your thing that you said you have a fence and you don't have any other pets and we find you, you know, don't have a fence yeah. and have six chickens or yes. something, then, you know, that's, that's not going to work out too well. Uh, it's pretty similar to what we do uh, when someone wants to adopt one of our dogs because we, we want to make sure it's a quality place that we're going to. And it's not that we're being judgmental or anything. It's just that we are the guardians you're being, of the animals. You're doing your due diligence. Exactly. You're being responsible. Exactly. And there's not like one thing we're looking for. I know some shelters 
when I was adopting my own pets, you know, I don't have a fence in my backyard. Uh, I always have to uh, put my dogs on leashes and walk them out there. And that was kind of like, oh, you don't have a fence? Well, you don't get this dog. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I know how to work around that. So it's the same thing with these people. There's no like one right place. Some dogs fit better in a little apartment mm-hmm. if you have a little teeny dog and some need space to run around and some are sedentary and want some people that are sedentary, you know, that will match their personality. Not only might this be the appropriate time for someone to be a foster just because they're mm-hmm. being at home, this might be the appropriate time to apply for being a foster. Yes. It may not work out now because there's not a dog at Shep's place that fits mm-hmm. your lifestyle. But you may have the time to let's go ahead and contact Shep's Place so that six months from now, two years from Mm -hmm. now, you're fostering and you're ready for it. You don't have to jump through the hoops. And any facility that you would want to foster with, whether it's Casey Pet Project or another shelter that offers fostering, go ahead and do the paperwork now so that you're ready when you see that dog you want. And and sometimes it it happens pretty quick. You know, Mm -hmm. you get a call, we need to move this dog out by tomorrow morning. You know, I'm like, well, okay. Oh, I wish wish we'd already done the site visit. (laughs) You're you're ready to. And that's what we did with um, our first foster with Rosie, for whom Rosie Fund is named. We did the paperwork without a dog in mind. We didn't know what we were going to get until we were contacted and asked, would we be willing to foster this, this dog? We didn't have a fence either uh-huh. at, at the time. <laughs> uh, but for what Rosie was needing, that was not critical. Right. So get your ducks in a row if you've ever considered foster. And just because you go through the foster application process doesn't mean you're going to get a phone call in the middle of the night and we show up and no. dump a dog on your doorstep. <laughs> here's a leash, here's a bag of dog food, Uh and we'll check back in a couple weeks. No, go ahead and and be ready. So if that opportunity presents itself, you've checked all the boxes. Russell, I'm so glad you made the trip out Mm -hmm. to uh, spare me the hard work of setting up all of this audio equipment, (laughs) which takes a good two or three minutes. My place here is already wiped down for that. We are... uh, I following feel very social safe. distancing, so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's reassuring. <laughs> if anybody has any questions or interest related to Shep's Place, a link for their website will be in the description for this episode. And of course, you're still taking donations. Oh and yes. If, if this is a mm-hmm. a cause that is important to you, that speaks to you, senior dogs. Obviously, Rosie Fund is willing to take donations, but a senior dog sanctuary might be more in line with what your vision is for how we can help senior and harder to adopt dogs. I don't care where that money goes. Mm -hmm. I just care that it goes to helping dogs in need. And Shep's Place is certainly a place that, that we believe in. Thank you. Once again, so glad you could join us today. And uh, any further updates that we have as this situation develops, by all means, pass those along, and we will share those with our listeners, Russell. Thank you very much. Will do. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. For more information on Shep's Place, go to shepsplace.org or use the link in the episode description. You can also check out pet foster opportunities at kcpetproject.org slash programs slash foster, or again, just use the link in the description. Now's the perfect time to complete your foster application so that you're ready if you ever see a dog on the Pet Project website that you'd like to foster.
I want to thank alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Also check out fiddlelife.com for drunken fiddles online, Laurel's virtual fiddle classes. Support Rosie Fund by following us on social media. Links to our pages are at rosiefund.org. Please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. You'll get access to all of our videos, including some exclusive content. And it gives more exposure to the shelter dogs we feature. Search for Rosie Fund on YouTube or use the link in the description. In addition to following Rosie Fund on Facebook and Instagram, you can help us out by making Rosie Fund your charity with Amazon Smile. And if not Rosie Fund, any charity of your choice. It costs you nothing. Amazon has money to give to charities and wants your help identifying worthy causes. As always, please use your favorite podcast service to download, subscribe, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the website and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.